fans, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. We're in this season where we find ourselves as individuals, but also as a collective group as well, at the well again. So we're going to read this story as will become custom through these episodes. So we're in John chapter 4, and we'll start from verse 1 today, just mix it up. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was winning and baptising more disciples than John. Actually, Jesus himself did not baptise anyone, only his disciples did. So when Jesus heard what was being said, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. On his way there, he had to go through Samaria. In Samaria, he came to a town named Sychar, which was not far from the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw some water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink of water. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The woman answered, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. So how can you ask me for a drink? Jews will not use the same cups and bowls that Samaritans use. Jesus answered, If only you knew what God gives and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you life-giving water. Sir, the woman said, you haven't a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get that life-giving water? It was our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well, he and his sons and his flocks and all that drank from it. You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? Jesus answered, Whoever drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring which will provide him with life-giving water and give him eternal life. Sir, the woman said, give me that water, then I'll never be thirsty again, nor will I have to come here to draw water. Go and call your husband, Jesus told her, and come back. I haven't got a husband, she answered. Jesus replied, you're right when you say you haven't got a husband. You've been married to five men, and the man you live with now is not really your husband. You've told me the truth. I see you are a prophet, sir, the woman said. My Samaritan ancestors worshipped God on this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we should worship God. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time will come when people will not worship the Father either on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not really know whom you worship, but we Jews know whom we worship, because it is from the Jews that salvation comes. But the time is coming and is already here, when by the power of God's Spirit, people will worship the Father as he really is, offering him the true worship that he wants. God is Spirit, and only by the power of his Spirit can people worship him as he really is. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah will come, and when he comes he will tell us everything. Jesus answered, I am he, I who am talking with you. At that moment, Jesus' disciples returned, and they were greatly surprised to find him talking with a woman. But none of them said to her, What do you want? Or asked him, Why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, 
went back to town and said to the people there, come and see the man who told me everything I have ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So they left the town and went to Jesus. What I want us to focus on really is the response today, is the response to a particular thing that goes on within this story. It's the woman at the well's response to who Jesus proclaims that he is. It's when Jesus reveals his identity, his true identity, the the who he is underneath the who he is. I want us to look at how that woman responds. But before we do that, I want to look at how another group of people respond to the same revelation that Jesus gives in a story towards the end of the Gospel of John, as this is at the beginning, towards the end of the Gospel of John, we have another story where Jesus reveals his true identity to some people. So pay attention to how these people respond, and then we'll circle back and look at what this means for the woman at the well, what this means for this this other group of people that we're going to find out about, and then most importantly, what it means for us here and now as we listen to this podcast. So in John chapter 18... It says this. After Jesus had said this prayer, he left with his disciples and went across the brook called Kidron. There was a garden in that place, and Jesus and his disciples went in. Judas, the traitor, knew where it was, because many times Jesus had met there with his disciples. So Judas went to the garden, taking with him a group of Roman soldiers and some temple guards sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were armed and carried lanterns and torches. Jesus knew everything that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward and asked them, Who is it you're looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. And here it is. I am he, he said. Judas, the traitor, was standing there with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they moved back and fell to the ground. Again, Jesus asked them, Who is it you're looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. I have already told you that I am he, Jesus said. If then you are looking for me, let these others go. He said this so that what he had said might come true. Father, I have not lost even one of those that you gave me. Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his right ear. The name of the slave was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back in its place. Do you think that I will not drink the cup of suffering which my father has given to me? So here we have a connection. Here we have a connection between two conversations that go on, both involving Jesus and both involving another individual or another group of individuals. And they are both connected by this statement, I am Jesus answered, I am he. I am who is talking with you. I am he. As he reveals that to this this woman when she talks about the idea of Messiah and when the Messiah comes, everything will be revealed and everything will be made known and everything will be explained to her. Jesus simply responds, I am he. And then later on in the Gospel of John, when questioned in the garden by the guards and the soldiers, who are you looking for? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And again, Jesus says the same exact words. I am 
he. And there's this obvious connection here, isn't there? The I am at the well to this other I am moment. In this garden of Gethsemane where the soldiers and the temple guards approach and they're ready to arrest him. In fact, they're ready to hurt him. They've got clubs and swords and lanterns. And Jesus asks, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. But then something happens in how they respond that's different to what happens in how the woman at the well responds in John 4. When these armed military men show up and Jesus says, I am he, he is in fact everything that they want. He's the one that they're looking for. When he says, who is it you're looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth, he's what they want. But on a far bigger scale, on a far larger scale, He's what they want, their desires, their hopes, their dreams. He's the fulfillment of their very souls. He's the love and the identity and the worth that they all want as human beings that we all want. He's everything they want and everything that they need. So friends, listening to this podcast today, what is it that you want? And then more deep down the question, what is it that you need? You see, we spend so much time and so much energy and so much effort on what we want. But what do we need? And when Jesus said, I am, or I am he, or I am the I am, at the well that day with that woman, all of her baggage, all of her junk, all of her past, all of her mistakes, all of her failures, all the things that she regrets or feels ashamed about or feels guilty about, all of that, when Jesus says, I am, all of that baggage is eclipsed by this revelation that Jesus is the Messiah that she's just got done talking about, that he is the fulfillment and he is the answer and he is the saviour and he is the redeemer. And how does she respond? She leaves a bucket at the well that day. The whole reason that she's there in the first place, the whole reason that she's gone to that well at noon in the hottest part of the day with that bucket is so that she can draw water and she leaves it behind because she thought that's what she wanted. But in going to the well to find what she thought she wanted, she actually found what she needed. And so she left that bucket behind. She left what she wanted and what she thought she needed behind, and she runs back to the village to tell everyone that she can meet about Jesus. What started off in her day as trying to avoid the people in that village, to try and not make eye contact, to try and not hear those whispered rumours and those mutterings that are done behind her back. It's why she goes to the well at midday in the first place, so that she has no chance of meeting anyone. All those people that she spent so much time and effort trying to avoid, she now runs towards and wants the attention of because she wants to tell everyone about this man that she's just met who told her everything about herself. And could this be the Messiah? She's so excited she wants to go back to the village and speak to anyone and everything because what she thought she wanted, she didn't. What she thought she needed, she didn't. Because when she comes to what she wants and what she needs, Jesus says, I am he. But jumping back to the end of John's gospel there in chapter 18, 
Do you know what happened in that story? Did you catch it? The, re- the response, the reaction that the soldiers gave in the garden that night when Jesus said the same words, I am he, when Jesus revealed that same truth to them. They didn't get excited, did they? They didn't leave their their swords and their clubs and their torches behind and run off into the villages to go and tell everyone that they'd found the Messiah. No. We're told that they fall to the ground in terror, another version says. It's this sheer weight and this sheer power of Jesus revealing who he is forces them backwards and forces them down, maybe even onto their knees into that posture that was actually the rightful posture, the right reaction to Jesus in that moment. That scene just, oh, wow, so powerful. So why didn't the woman act like that? Why didn't the woman react like that? When Jesus said those same words to her, I am he, why didn't she fall to the ground? Why didn't she recoil backwards and drop to her knees? That's because she didn't need that. See, the soldiers didn't want it, but they needed it. And notice that Jesus doesn't condemn the soldiers. He doesn't rebuke them. In fact, after this scene, he heals one of them. But those soldiers needed to fall down like that. Why? Because they needed to know that there is one who is greater than their weapons. There is one who is greater than their systems and their powers. There is one that is greater than the empire. There is one that is greater than their military might. Just like how the Samaritan woman at the well needed to know that there is one who is greater than Jacob who dug the well. There is one that is greater than all of her other loves in the past. That there is one that is greater than everything that had gone on in her past that she was ashamed of and guilty of and scared of. That there is one that is even greater than the water that she's come to that well on that day to receive. There is one who is greater All the things that she puts her hope and her trust and her faith in up to that point. That Jesus is the only one who can satisfy that true and deep and real thirst within her. So friends, may you experience both the one that you want and the one that you need in the great I am today. Grace and peace.